Why does it keep doing that? Doing what? It, like, flashes us before the... Like, it flashes to us, and then it does the whoosh, and uh-huh. then we're here again. I don't know. Anyway, hi, guys. I'm Aiden Mattis. This is Thorn Bussy, and he is joined by Archie, as you can see. Um, Archie has no idea that he's on camera. Despite the fact that he just looked directly into it. He's now staring at me. Um, also, he's, a, he's a good boy. Aw, you just licked the table. You're very stupid. It's okay. <laughs> wow. You are something else. <sighs> You were just excited to be here. He's just happy to be alive and yeah. and entertained and involved. Uh, we all? Archie spent most of today sleeping on my chest while I watched football. For those of you who aren't Eagles fans, how does it feel to not be undefeated? <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm just nowhere near enough of an Eagles fan to really like... What were you going to say? That's the thing. is I was trying to think of something to say, but it was yeah. like I just can't. I would say that for anybody who's not an Eagles fan, that that four zero record probably hurts. Yeah. Well, especially. Did, did you? It hurts. Oh, for the love of God! <laughs> I thought you were making some pun about four zero. I didn't get. Ah, oh, you were just making a pun yep. about our quarterback that yep. I didn't get. Who I will admit, I I I did not like Jalen Hurts for the longest time, and I I am coming around. Are you really? I'm coming around. I think yeah. you you guys need to know the context of how like wild this is for me cuz he has hated Hurts since since like, he was basically since, since he was drafted. Yeah, like literally <laughs> since it was announced and he's despised him and I'm I'm shocked to hear you say that right now. This is breaking news to me. Yeah, it's I uh, What has changed your mind? I I just he's done a good job like I, he couldn't throw last year, fair at all. And this year he's been throwing for like 300 yards a game. Yeah, except for today when it was raining and they basically just ran the ball all over those those poor poor Jacksonville Jaguars. Chip Kelly offense all over again. Oh God. <laughs> um, you just come right back. Why? All right, Natalie, your mod privileges are revoked. How dare you say go Cowboys in my chat? <laughs> Brutal, brutal take. Oh, uh, oh also, I was informed in the past twenty-four I, I'm hours. I'm not the one who fails to drink out of a normal cup. That's him. I, you know, when you have a large water-containing vessel and you're really thirsty. Oh, you're a thirsty boy, all right. I have not been consuming enough water. I, I'm cycling off of caffeine right now, specifically coffee, because I've just been drinking too much. Oh, of I it. take a biking again. What? You said recycling. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about healthy. Um, yeah, because I went to the doctor's office not too long ago, and my blood pressure was like 190 over like 80. And I, I have was no like, idea what that means. It was like, I don't I, I don't know if that was verbatim what it was, but it was like borderline stage 2 hypertension. And I was oh. like, that's not great. And I saw coffee heightens your blood pressure, among other things. So I was like, I might come back to this at a one-cup day kind of rate, but uh, I need to... Detox. Chill down, yeah, yeah to detox you. for a bit. Also, I was informed, uh, as I was attempting to say earlier, that uh, a certain calendar photo shoot yeah. needs to happen. Yeah, so uh, as you guys can see at the top of the, the screen right now, the Super Chat total has reset. We actually have not picked uh, stuff for this month. We should probably do that. Um, y'all can help. If you have ideas for what our, our donation goals for the month of October should be, Super Chat them, uh, and we will we will look at those that way. Yep. Uh, but no, during the, the Weird Bible stream on Thursday, uh, Isaiah thought it would be really funny to uh, close the gap on on the sexy calendar. So congratulations, guys. 
you will be getting the sexy calendar. Um, we need to give the context. Sexy's a relative term here. <laughs> You're going to get a calendar with us on it. <laughs> you will get a calendar. It will be intended to be sexy. Yeah. We it make will... no promises about delivering on the sexy. Yeah, no. It's going to be an in quotations sexy calendar. Yeah. So uh, I will be, after today, going back to my prosciutto and mozzarella diet. <laughs> Why is that your diet diet? I, I don't know. I just can sustain it for some reason. Oh, I, I have trouble sustaining other crash diets, but when I try, when I just eat prosciutto and mozzarella for a week, it works. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Uh, so whatever goal you choose for that. The Archie plush thing, the only reason that's not an option is that I can't find a company that will do it for an amount that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think many people would want to pay like $200 for an Archie plushie. Yeah, they want to bring back the blue hair. (laughs) I'm going to answer for him. For the love of God, no. Guys, I'm almost 25. I would like to have some options in the dating pool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting old. <laughs> and Archie's only so cute. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he is very cute. He's... But speaking of hypertension and bicycling and other things, uh, today we're talking about Paula May, who went missing on Mount Marathon during a race. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find a way to lead into that and simply couldn't get out of the, the intro section of the stream. But the you, point of the matter is... You, you could have just gone with the intro that we did in the video. Well, Archie, Archie disagrees thoughts. with you. Um, so, <laughs> I had Aiden watch a nine-minute video on this, and then we spent probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes doing our video. Yeah, earlier. and we've talked about this in the yeah. past as well. But this is uh, this is one of those cases that really... It's, it's entirely possible that there are normal, legitimate explanations for what happened to this guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... He's the only time this has happened in over a hundred years of this race. Yep. Infrared couldn't find him. So what happened is is the the, the key there. So watching paint dry. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. <laughs> I'm so down. That's upsetting. Um, <laughs> so I want to, in, in case you haven't heard this story before, you may have. There's a few different channels on YouTube who have covered it. Uh, I forget if it was actually covered in the missing 401 documentary. I don't think it was. Hmm. Um, and I can't remember who I heard this one from. I thought it was Mr. Ballin originally. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, you go on, like, whatever websites to research it, and the one you're usually going to find is the Strange Outdoors article on it, which is based on the missing 401 case. And as we know from a number of videos that we've done, mm-hmm. Politis is not wholly reliable. He doesn't lie, but he does sometimes omit information. Um... So as always, we did we did our own research. I went and I looked at the weather reports and I looked at the police reports and I read interviews and all of that. And the story that we constructed it's kind of hard to describe why it's unsettling, but as you as you do the research and you look through it and you're like how it's it's little things. It's little things where you start asking questions like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that even the locals, and, and again, I read like the, the interviews with locals, they're still stumped on this. They have no idea, and, the, you know, that's scary. 
Yeah. That's scary. It's not like when we went up to Brant Lake and the locals were like, we have abundant theories. No, with Paula yeah. May, there's no, there's no theory. And we're talking about a guy who was 65 years old, but he was in very good shape. Yep. He was going to the gym frequently. He had just run a 12K. This is a guy who, in his 50s, did the Iditarod twice, came in dead last both times. Um, but he did it. But he did it. He and his friends would go on just little adventures during the day and see what happened. Mm. Uh, there's one one of his buddies was quoted after he disappeared as saying, uh, "We're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're only still alive because we entertained God." <laughs> um, so you know, to if that gives you an idea of the kind of person we're dealing with. Yes, he's 65, but he's in very good shape for being his age. Uh, however, it does come out very late in the story that he has very bad vision. So that's basically the only thing here that could be a factor. At least about him specifically. About him specifically. But the story goes that on July 4th, 2012, Paul Michael LeMay, who was a French national but moved to the U.S., U.S. citizen, um, decided to run the Mount Marathon race in Seward, Alaska. It's an mm -hmm. annual race. It's been going on, I think it was since 19... It was either 1917 or 1907. I can't remember which specifically. But, uh, you know, very old race. And people regularly get injured. Broken bones, uh, concussions, scrapes, bruises, uh, twisted ankles, stuff like that. But nobody has ever died. And with Paul, we're still not sure if he's dead. He's presumed dead. But point of the matter is nobody really knows. So... This is in Alaska. It's in a region where, in the summer, it is bright 24 hours a day. 24 mm -hmm. hours a day of sunlight. Even when the sun does sink below the horizon, it's so barely below the horizon that you're still... <coughs> pardon me. That you've still got daylight. Yeah. But it's still cold. July in Alaska in Seward on the mountain was uh, a maximum of like 57, 52 degrees mm. that day. I went back and I looked at the particular weather report for Seward, Alaska that day. Yep. Um, and, you know, so it's it's bright out. It's easy to see. It's moderately warm. You know, that's not, that's not freezing. Temperate conditions, comfortable. If you're in good shape and you know what you're doing, you shouldn't be having a problem with this race. It is a three-mile race. It is not long at all. Mm -hmm. The challenge with it is the uphill and downhill climb that people go on because it's a 3,000-foot ascent, and then you come back down. Records have been set for this race at just 41 minutes, mm -hmm. which is utterly insane. But basically, the way it's described is it's this grueling two-mile-an-hour crawl up the mountain and then this mad dash that averages 12 miles an hour back down. And people will... <laughs> yeah, People make that trip in... The fastest of the people that do it make it in just 10 minutes. A mile and a half downhill in 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's still insane to me. It's it, it's it's wild. Like, I, it just seems dangerous and scary, to be perfectly honest. I mean, yeah. Um, but... The only way I can think of getting down that for a mile and a half is just like when I hiked a mountain and it was in the winter and it was snow covered. It took us six hours to get up and about 45 minutes to get down. But that was because we were just sliding on the snow on our butts the whole time. And that's what people do. Yeah. Is they literally just find spots that it's a, a downhill and they try and do a controlled slide. 
which in some cases in this very race resulted in one woman penny Aspen, getting uh she was a black hawk pilot in the iraq war veteran she slid off a ledge and broke three ribs and lacerated her liver later during the men's section of the race another guy uh matthew kenny fell off the same ledge and sustained a brain injury that actually caused him to forget the entire day of the race wow yeah it's a it's a pretty intense race like even for some of the most athletic people out there and you know you might be thinking well that's that, that sounds intense gotta remember these are alaskans like you're you're not dealing with people who are you know living in a studio apartment in manhattan and stopping at starbucks for a latte every day we're talking about people who are living their entire lives in very harsh conditions the only person i've ever met from alaska to my knowledge is a guy named gavin and he is one of the nicest people i've ever met if you've seen yellowstone he looks like exactly like rip wheeler and he played hockey for all of his life he was uh uh well up until he had his 13th concussion and he was an enforcer so that explains the 13 concussions yes yeah but yeah i mean that's just you know that's my exposure to alaskans so there there's some tough people you know where this is this is not not very like these aren't weaklings. No. <laughs> We're not talking about people who they they do a turkey trot once a year. <laughs> um, you know. So but yeah, this is a race where the average incline is 38 degrees. There are sections where it's as steep as 60. Uh there are 25-foot high cliffs. There is a dense section of spruce forest yep. that is littered with all sorts of brush on the ground. Yep. Um roots, tangles, there are snow. There's snow on the mountain in July. Um <clears throat> There are snow bridges over creeks that underneath it is just water. Yep. There are patches, this specific day, there were patches where because it had rained the night before, <clears throat> there was ice on the ground yep. covered with snow. For those of you who are from regions where it does not snow, uh, ice underneath snow is an incredibly dangerous thing, and it can hurt you just walking down the street. Specifically dangerous because generally you don't know it's there, and how you behave with snow versus how you behave with snow that's on top of ice are two very different behaviors. Exactly. So, the day of the race, it was run, there's three sections, as always, every year. Juniors first, it's about 100 kids, and then 350 adult women, and then after that, 350 adult men. Mm -hmm. This year, they had allowed 400 for both adult sections, which is one thing that they wondered if maybe this contributed to what happened. Nobody knows for certain. Yep. <clears throat> But oh Jesus, Archie, what are you, what are you doing here? There? I don't know. I moved my foot. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Didn't know you were there. Yeah, but so this particular day, um, you know, it was it was pretty rough conditions, and I I did forget to go into this beforehand. But Paul was actually like a stand-up guy in town, well known, well liked. Very unlikely he would have any enemies, anything like that. The guy was a trained grief counselor. He volunteered in hospice centers. He volunteered with orphans from 9-11. Mm. Um, he worked at a local Air Force base, helping people transition from military to civilian life after mm. their tour was up, uh, or after their, their contract was up. So he's a really good guy. <laughs> you know, gen genuine good dude. Yeah, he's a soul of the earth kind of guy. Exactly. Uh, day of the race, or day before the race... They had a rookie meeting where they basically gave everybody the, the spiel on how to be safe and all of that. And Tim Liebling, who was one of the race coordinators, <clears throat> he made a point to say, 
if if you have not done this course before, if you haven't walked it before, you should go home. You should not run this race. Mm. Paul had not done that. Paul decided he was going to take the risk anyway. And day of, he started with the pack in the second heat of the race uh, at 3.15 p.m. And the early part of the race is not that difficult. It's just a couple of blocks down the streets of Seward. Seward is a town of 2,500. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. After uh, you know running a couple blocks, you take a turn and you hit the mountain. It's right there. It's basically this scramble up a 60-degree incline where you have to use your hands to actually climb. It's it's like bouldering. Yep. And then after that, there's immediately a dirt trail that runs up the mountain for a little while at about a 30-degree incline. And then you hit this dense area of spruce forest. Mm. By the time people were hitting the spruce forest, he was already behind. Mm. Um, he comes out of the forest a little bit later, and this is where the last picture of him is. It shows him smiling. He looks perfectly... Fine, he's not carrying water or anything, but it's not that long of a race. There's rest stations along the way where he'll be able to pick up water. Not too concerning. Do you know what the distancing was between the rest stations? I don't. Okay. Because um, <clears throat> it really is a race. Like, there's not... Yeah. People aren't sticking around yeah, um, in any way. It's not a hike. It's... Yeah. So, I... Uh, and you see this picture of him just coming out of the spruce part, which he's out of the most difficult part of the race at that point, of the, the incline. Mm-hmm. Because after that, it's basically just exposed rock, and yeah. it's it's a pain in the ass because you got to climb fifteen hundred feet, but you're not you're no longer like fighting your way through the brush. Yep. Uh, and then eventually you get up to the midpoint, which is called Race Point. It's a false summit, and it is just basically a very large rock. And you go up, you round the rock, you give your bib number to the uh, stewards for the race up there, and you head back down. Heading back down, of course, is utterly insane and uh to to get the description of this i went to an article in runner's world from 2016 by christopher solomon chris went out a couple of months after lemay's disappearance and you know talked to people from around town Mm. uh went up and down the course with a guy who's won it three times like he he got in into it yep and the way he described it uh you know is is intense but we'll get to that in just a second uh About 5.45 p.m., Paul encounters Tom Walsh. Mm -hmm. Tom Walsh is one of the race stewards. It's his job to be up at the midpoint to hand out water and take bid numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, 45 minutes prior, around 5 p.m., another guy had come up, hit race point, Mm -hmm. and told Tom up at the top that he was the last guy. Yep. Just to be safe, Tom waited another 45 minutes with his his staff, and then they started heading down the mountain. About 6 p.m., they encounter Paul. And Paul asks, uh, you know, um, how far am I from the top? Mm-hmm. And Tom says, 200 feet. 200 feet is not a long distance. No. At all. That is 60 yards. Like, you are not... Yeah. That is not a hard trek. And the rock was visible. It was marked. It wasn't like, you know... It, it wasn't like he was going to miss some little pole sitting in the ground. It was a large rock that you have to go around. Yeah. Now, the mountain does continue up. There's a goat trail, apparently. Um but it's very obviously not part of the course. Mm. So Tom says it's about 200 feet that way, uh, 61 meters for those of you on uh, ridiculous units. Um, And Paul asked Tom, can I still get a finish? And Tom said, yeah, just, you know, like just go up around the rock and come back down. So Paul would have known, even if if his vision was that bad, he would have known 
about how far 200 feet is. Yeah. And if you go past that, you're, you're going to start to think, all right, this is no more than 200 feet. Paul did not appear to be struggling. He did not appear to be out of breath, injured, anything at all. Just he was taking his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Walsh does mention that it was foggy, it wasn't so foggy that visibility was gone. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I apologize. My nose has been giving me trouble all afternoon. We were recording before this, yeah. and he was losing his mind. The last, the last thing that anybody said to Paul was, uh, what's your bib number? And he replied, 548. And then Tom went down the mountain, sent a text down to the people at the bottom saying, uh, oh my god, this drug dude's insane. <laughs> saying 548 should be back, should be home in about an hour and a half. Hour and a half passed. They were like, alright, let's give it another 30 minutes. 8pm rolls around. Mm-hmm. Paul's not there. Um, I feel like I have to sneeze. <laughs> So they they immediately launched the search, right? Yep. There's no there's no like hesitancy. If mm. Paul's not back, he's probably stuck somewhere. People start searching on foot, calling out for him, blowing whistles. Uh, around 2 a.m., which again, this is Alaska in July, so 2 a.m. is bright out. Oh my god, this is driving me insane. <laughs> I'm on the struggle bus, guys. I'm not gonna lie. It happens. I. <clears throat> Around 2 a.m., state troopers showed up with a helicopter that was equipped with infrared sensors so they could take a look at the ground and see if there were any uh, depressions, any heat signatures. Yeah. And then the next morning, the Air National Guard for the state of Alaska, for those of you who don't know this, in the United States, every state has its own National Guard. This is essentially a state military. Yeah. It's an organized militia in uh, legal language. In the United States, there are two distinctions of militia. There are the organized militia, which is state defense forces and the National Guard. And then there's the unorganized militia, which is all males between the ages of 17 and 50. Uh, or it might be 18 and 45. I think it's 18 and 45. That makes more sense, yeah. So the United States has a very long tradition of, uh, you know, citizen soldiers. That's like how we started. Yeah. To put it pretty plainly. Yeah, but... Those citizen soldiers who are in the National Guard are trained. They are trained the exact same way as our full-time military. So you go through basic training, you go through advanced individual training, and you're, you are exactly as trained, if less practiced, than a full-time soldier. So their pilots are trained to the same extent, and oftentimes National Guard uh, soldiers, pilots, uh, usually the officers, are former active duty. Mm-hmm. So... You're talking about guys who have, have flown missions before. They're flying a uh, Sikorsky S-70, which is, in military designation, the, HH, the HH-60 Pavehawk. It is a variant of the Black Hawk helicopter, which is one of the U.S. like standard troop transport helicopters. It's like a combat transport helicopter, um, usually equipped with guns, except this one, being a search-and-rescue craft, mm-hmm. was equipped primarily with you know, all sorts of high-tech sensors, electronics, um, you know, basically it's it's meant to look for downed pilots. So they had this and the state trooper helicopter circling the entire day. Nothing. No sign of Paul. No infrared, nothing at all. On the ground, they had 40 to 60 people searching. Uh, and this search effort, this organized effort, lasted four days with people from town, fire department, state troopers, and Air National Guard. Mm. They brought in dogs. They combed every inch of the mountain. Couldn't find anything. Mm. 
So you need to understand at this point, the mountain is visible from Seward, the entire race, with the exception of that part that's in the spruce forest. So had anybody been looking up at the mountain, they should have been able to see Paul. Because the mountain, again, it's it's only a mile and a half yep. to, the, to the summit. Um, <clears throat> so people should have been able to see Paul, which implies that Paul did not make it down the mountain. Or if he did, it was some... He got lost somewhere. Mm. So here's how this trip coming back down works, according to Christopher Solomon, who is the guy who wrote the article for Runner's World. Uh, he describes it as a caveman steeplechase. Steeplechase is kind of an obstacle course in track and field. Um, it's mostly just hurdles and stuff like that. It's not super intense. But uh, the as described by him... Um, oh, my God, my computer is trying to get me to restart it. <laughs> This computer has not actually completed an update since 2018. You might want to... It, it won't. I, like, oh, like you attempted it and it's yeah. gone. Okay. I called Microsoft and they couldn't help. <laughs> well... Yeah, and they weren't even willing to, like, you know, taught me the OS to fix it. Really? So, yeah, I just haven't done it. Wow. Um, but yeah, so according to Christopher, Christopher Solomon, first is a long, steep snowfield back down from the summit. And then there is a trek through shin-deep beds of loose shale, mm. which a lot of things can go wrong there. Um, halfway down, you reach something known as the chute. And the chute is basically a snow funnel that leads into the gut, which is a creek, the bed of which has the consistency of wet kitty litter. How enticing. Yeah, just fine gravel. Yeah. Uh, and according to Sam Young, who is a man who has won the race three times, who Christopher Solomon was doing the trek with, uh, by this point in the race, after you get through the creek, uh, people don't even know their names. Like, they're that tired. Wow. Uh, he says they are unconscious, the walking dead. That's so, a yeah. dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, people do this for fun. Uh, <laughs> and then the final bit is after you come out of that spruce forest, you have to navigate 25-foot-tall crags that have all sorts of little, like, nooks and crannies in them where someone yeah. could fall. So it's very dangerous. But these are also the first places people looked for Paul. Mm. Was, all right, let's look at all the places where, you know, he might have gotten lost or stuck. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Um, the helicopters found nothing. It began sleeting at one point in the night. Sleet is a mixture of ice and rain. Mm. Very uncomfortable. Not fun to be out in that. It hurts and it makes you cold and wet. Yep. Do not recommend. Depending on the circumstances, it's basically just like little hail. Yeah. It's like, you know, either like sand or very small, like pieces of gravel just like pelting down onto the ground. And this is not a winter race. So, of course, Paul was not dressed for the outdoors in that sense. He was wearing shorts, a t shirt, a headband, and sneakers. Yep. Listen, you can survive being out for a night in the 42 degree weather, 47 degree weather that he was out in. But 47 degrees and wet without a jacket or anything is, that's getting you into hypothermia territory. It's getting you into hypothermia territory for sure, especially as you get older and him being, was he 65? 65. Not a good combination. No, not at all. Uh, extremely dangerous. He really should not have been running this race. No. Like, that, that's the fact of the matter. He should not have been running this race. And he should, especially should not have been running it alone like there should have, he should have had a friend with him um so people began to consider the possibilities like all right i uh, maybe he continued upward after the rock but 
That seems unlikely. But they looked anyway. They didn't find him. Because up there, it's just all cliffs. Like, he would have known, okay, I went the wrong way. I should go back. Yeah. Um, people thought maybe he fell into a snow bridge over a creek mm. and fell into the water and died there. And they figured, all right, when the snow melts, we'll be able to find him if that's the case. But when the snow melted and they kept searching, they didn't find him. Uh, some people thought he may have tried to rush through the brush part of the race mm. and fallen and hurt himself. Also doesn't make a ton of sense since he clearly was not in a hurry to finish. It seems like the most reasonable one, honestly. Yeah. Because that would be the hardest place to find him. Because that's the thing is the rest of these spots, once the snow melts... It's mostly exposed rock. Yep. You're going to be able to see a person's body. So if he's not out on the exposed rock somewhere, and he's not in the spruce forest, where the hell did he go? Yep. Um, so once the snow melted, and it was very clear that he wasn't stuck any under any snow bridges or in any ice flows or anything like that, mm. there were really only two possibilities. One is that he reached the spruce forest and never made it out. Um, maybe fell, broke an ankle, got a concussion... Any number of things yep. uh, for those thinking, oh, well, what about predators? Black bears are in the area, but that was the only thing that was mentioned by anybody as a, a possible danger. Black bears, unless you're threatening their cubs, are probably going to leave you alone. They're like the least aggressive species of bear. Yeah, they're far more scared of people than we are of them. Yeah. So, and with that many people around all day, the likelihood that bears would even be in the area is mm -hmm. very low. Um, you know, it, it, one. A small group of hikers might come across a bear, but a bear's going to avoid almost a thousand humans. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't want that kind of trouble. No. The other option is that he kept climbing and got injured up on the higher cliffs. Mm. Why? Why would he go up there? So this this one's not one of those cases where you sit there and you're like, you know, thinking, oh, the, the disappearance is so strange. It's that there's really only two possibilities. It's not that he vanished right in front of somebody. It's not that he, like, called someone five minutes before going missing. Yeah. No, it's that there's two possibilities for where he ended up, and his body is in neither of them. Yeah. Um, they started, people even, like, for months later were looking through bear droppings to see if they could find, like, any trace of his wow. bones or clothes. Yeah. They found nothing. Um, I mean, the, the state troopers helped search for four days with the National Guard, and then it was the fire department and the family, and then finally, after several months, the family, and they took it to court, had him declared dead, because that was what they assumed. Yep. Um, but nobody ever found anything. The case is still considered an open missing persons case by the Alaska state troopers. And there's been no movement on it. Nobody's come across any bones. It's been 10 years. Nobody's come across bones, uh, you know, articles of clothing, shoes, anything. And the race has been going. Yeah. Consistently. So that's the other thing is statistically, it, with it a thousand happened. people coming down that route yeah. every year, yeah, they're not paying super close attention. But somebody would probably run into some trace of him. You would imagine so. Or at the very least, you know, if he somehow was well off of the trail, that there might have been some evidence of that at some point. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, adjustments have been made to the course now. They now mark what the safe routes are. They yep. rate difficulty. They have checkpoints where you have to reach certain milestones within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, they send you back down the mountain. Um, they're, uh, they now 
you the, the stewards have to stay at the top until it's confirmed everybody has finished the race. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> rookies are now required, not just recommended, but they are required to do the course before the race. Uh, and a hiking team now sweeps the entire mountain up and down, looking to make sure nothing like this happened. Yep. So at the very least, that hiking team that sweeps the mountain up and down every year and has for the last 10 years, with the exception of 2020, um, you would think that they would have found something. Like, statistically, odds are they would have found something. So that really leaves one possibility, which is that he kept going up. But why would he keep going up? I mean, yeah, if he knew... Unless he was in some form of delirium because of how tired he was going up. When they saw him, he wasn't. That's the thing, is like... He may like he may have appeared fine, but in reality he was dazed and confused. Maybe I mean if we're just looking for potential answers here, but it's just weird. It's a weird case, and yeah. it's what what really caught my attention with it was the fact that there's no like smoking gun moment like with yeah. I. Yeah, with Chris Tompkins, um, guy just vanishes from right behind his buddies. Dennis Martin, he's right next to his brother, and then he's gone. Yeah. Um, Jim McGrogan, there's a finite amount of space he could have covered. Yeah. He disappeared. Yeah. Like it, it's not something like that. It's it's the fact that he was never found. That's really strange about this one. Extreme. There's nothing strange about somebody getting lost on a mountain. That's normal. No. Somebody getting lost on a mountain on a well-traveled path and then an entire search ensuing with infrared sensors and trained search and rescue operators from the military and still not finding anything. Because keep in mind, while the search was concentrated on the area below Race Point, they didn't just not search up top. They did send teams up there and the helicopters checked up that way too. Yep. So we're not looking at a you know kind of vague like attempt they did look and they found nothing and if he did climb further up how did he get himself into a position where he was like stuck in a crevice yeah why did he not think to turn around and go back down was he being chased by something and i mean like what? that's the only reason i could think he would have kept going up i mean what are the lo- what's the local like brown bear population there or, i mean the, you wasn't know. even mentioned because like other than that or maybe like a pissed off moose or elk. Like, what would he have been chased by up there? That is the question. <laughs> um, being as there's no warning to people to be on the lookout for grizzlies or brown bears or anything like that. It's probably not a huge concern. Probably not a huge concern. And these are people who are accustomed to seeing this kind of wildlife anyway. So, yeah. you know, he would have known if you see a moose, how do you deal with it? If you see an elk, how do you deal with a brown bear? How do you deal with it? Um, there was never anything. And he's the only person in over a hundred years, the only person who has simply gone missing yeah. and never turned up in this race. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. If every 15 or 20 years you had somebody who went missing during this race and they never found him, you'd be like, all right, people just, you know, there's clearly some dangerous you know, some some spot that people are falling into, yeah. a, a, cra- a crag, a cave system, something like that. But no, he's the only one. Mm-hmm. Which, on the one hand, that shows that there's no pattern of missing people, which makes you wonder, like, 
I mean, that kind of does discount the idea of it being a serial killer or um, something supernatural. Yep. But also, Paul's basically the only guy who's ever been that late in the race. So who knows? Maybe there was somebody that decided they wanted to commit a murder, went up the mountain, and waited for the last guy. And it would just... But it would be a very... There would be... There would have to be so much chance involved with that, unless they were aware of who he was and what his pace was likely to be and, and all these different elements, so... It's strange. The whole thing is very odd. Um, I honestly don't know what to think with this one because I feel like if if there were to be some sort of supernatural explanation, you would see more of this. Yeah. If it were to be a killer, you would probably see more of this. He also didn't have enemies. Why target him? Yeah. Um. You know, I, I don't know what happened to the guy who was right before him, the 45 mm-hmm. minutes before him guy but it sounds like he went up, rounded, and went back down. So, I mean, is it possible, I guess, that that guy went back down, hid somewhere, and then stalked Paul? Maybe, but that doesn't seem to have been even considered by police. Yep. So there's no good explanation for what happened to him, why he went missing. They don't even know particularly when he went missing. He's just gone. Yeah. It's it's a very odd case, and there is no good explanation. I want to go. I want to go, and even if not run the race, I want to check out the mountain. Yeah. Um, it's you know, go look yeah. like I, I couldn't find evidence of, a, of any like significant cave systems or anything up there. Um, there's no like uncontacted tribes. You know, we're not dealing with like the Nahani Valley where there could be some sort of uncontacted tribe up there. It's a well-traveled mountain. Yeah. And the people in town just say it's like the mountain swallowed him. Like, they have no, no, no theory. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody up there who thinks it was aliens. But there's always somebody who there's thinks There's always somebody who thinks it's aliens, yeah. Yeah, it's a very odd case. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think it would definitely be worth checking out if we can manage to get up there. Yeah, that would cost a lot of money. Because you'd yes, have to fly would. to Alaska. That is not a cheap plane ticket. No, it is not. I would love to go. Yep. Alaska seems beautiful. But that's the kind of thing that we would need TV show funding for. <laughs> yes. Yes, we would. Uh, but that said, that is the full story. Yep. You know, unfortunately, this isn't one of those ones where you can sit here and dramatize it and tell the no. story forever. If you want to read uh, Christopher Solomon's account, it's called The Last Man Up. It's in Runner's World. It's from 2016. I recommend it. It's very well written. Um, but at this juncture, I suppose... We will go to the Q and A section where ah, there it is. Reed Cole's UFOs, maybe. <laughs> There's always someone. Yeah, what did we say? We take the Q and A uh, super chat thing till eight ish. Yeah, guess. that's what I was thinking. So we'll go for about twenty more minutes. Um, do you want to open up a like notepad and sure. we could record people's ideas for? Uh, yes. The, the donation goals for this month. Yes. Um, also, we are doing, I believe we're doing it on Friday the 28th. We're doing our Penhurst trip, I think. You would know better than I would. Yeah. I. That sounds right. Natter is, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think we were, I think we agreed on the Friday the 28th. Um, <laughs> say he was halfway down and decided to renounce modernity and embrace Snow Monkey. <laughs> 
So uh, we'll do 250, 500, 750, and 1,000 yep. like usual? Yep. And, uh, oh, also, we do have to do the when to go on trial skit now, too. And the and the blue snow shovel? Yes. And isn't there a, like, new drink thing that we have to do? Yeah, that's that was the first one. Okay. I, I'm already working on those. Cool. But, yeah, so for $2, uh, your boy said bussy. Also, if you haven't yet, smash that like button. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy, your bussy. Uh, it's your bussy. Yeah, your boy. You should change your name to your bussy. Why not? Um, Tay said one thousand dollars. Yeah, spend the night at the Cecil Hotel. That's the problem, though, is that it would cost us a thousand dollars to spend the night at the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nat for five dollars said, "Make the new goal fourteen twenty. I suppose so that we may blaze it. Uh, <laughs> We'll have we'll have a separate fourteen twenty goal. Yeah. Um, is used her uh, member super chat to say Archie plush for limited time. I could maybe do a limited run of them if we like had pre orders, but otherwise yeah. I can't. Um, Austin TW uh, for two dollars said makeship for the plushie. I'm gonna have to look at what makeship is. There we go. It's plushies. Uh, I just wubbub and curve uh, to your question about the podcast on Apple and things like that. It's just because I haven't converted them yet. Uh, I'm planning to do. I'm planning to get everything up to date this week. So look out for that. I know people will harass me and say that I've said that in the past, and they're absolutely right, and I deserve the shit that I get for that. But I'm trying. So hopefully this week I will have the podcast updated. All right, so this is kind of like a Kickstarter deal, this makeshift thing. Yeah. So we don't have to order them ourselves, like, individually and then sell them. Um, you pay oh. nothing to design a product and launch it. If your campaign is successful, we handle everything else. So hmm. basically, if we choose to sell a certain amount, as long as we hit that amount, cool, it runs. Yeah, that's something I, 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 will, I will take a look into this because that will be a fun one. All we need in that regard is how many, what goal do we want to set? What do we think is a number of people that will actually want to get the Archie plushie? Yeah. That's a question for you guys. Um, Spoon for five says watching paint dry stream. Down. Can do that for 750. <laughs> <laughs> or do we want to make we that lock, We lock Thorn Bussy in a room and he has to watch paint dry. I just sit there. No, no other. And yeah, it's just a stream. I can't even look. Or can I look at the chat? Have we did that? Yeah, you can interact with the chat, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> and then Is that one to, you'll do. <laughs> I have. To, that's fine. Yeah. And then I have to occasionally check to make sure it's dry. Yeah. You can't wash viewers. your hands though. Oh yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> so and you then, have to touch it, but you can't wash wait, the paint off your hand. I have to. I have to touch it, and I have to do a certain like set of tasks. And I have to figure out a way to check to see if the paint's dry without ruining the tasks that I have to do. Oh, God. Why are we this creative? Uh, uh, Joseph for $2 says Aiden as a cat maid. That'll be the 1420 goal. There we go. I will I will bring back the maid outfit for 1420. And you know what? I'll even do a Twitch stream. I'll do a Twitch stream in the cat maid outfit. Y'all better simp for it. 1420, Mattis, Twitch stream and a cat. 
Maybe do not tell know. Isaiah. Nobody tells <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> now that you've said that, they're when Goon does him. not get to know about this, because he will make it happen. Now um, that you've told him, they will tell him. That. Yeah, I know. I <sighs> donation goal: help Mattis not be made enlist by funding a date. Okay, come on, guys. <laughs> it's not his fault that people can't see all of his shining qualities. I have shining qualities. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's nice. Thank you. You also don't... I needed that. <laughs> but to be fair, you, you limit the watering holes that you go to. So the option... What do you mean I can't find a wife by going to Molly Maguire's three nights a week every week for the rest of my life? <laughs> you may find a wife at some point. <laughs> Probably won't be mine. <laughs> I've, I've found several people's wives at Molly Maguire's. Um, oh, yeah. God. The amount of times over the years that I've been asked in Phoenixville, are you married? And the response is, yeah, I guess it really wouldn't have mattered anyway. It just astounds this me. This is a town full of bisexuality and infidelity. It's not good. I'm not saying that the bisexuality is a no, bad that's thing, fine. but it is noticeable. Yeah, no, the like, bisexuality is fine. It's the infidelity that's like... It's a majority of people are bisexual around here. It is an interesting, like, really percentage. Delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are the outliers on that one. Uh, hey, baby boy. Did you want to come up? Are you just chilling down there? How to make Lore Lodge money. Mattis makes an OnlyFans to do conspiracies on, then gets a kiddie pool to sit in and do Twitch hot tub streaming while talking about conspiracies. You know, if I were in much better shape, I would consider that. The hot tub stream part. Or if you, like, were in a bikini, as you are now, that'd be pretty funny. Be funny? Yes. But I would also feel deeply insecure. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Caitlin Geertz for $2 says, you think maybe he had a heart attack? It's possible. Yeah. But where was then, his body? where is his body? That's the big question is, you know. Like, he, if, if that were the case. If he, he were on the course. Yeah. And it's like, it's possible that he may have had one, was on the course, somehow like fell and rolled off the course. But even then, it's like, they had the helicopters with. They should have you know, found him. Yeah. If he was, if he was on the course anywhere, he would have been found. Yeah. Which means he wasn't on the course. Yeah. Which begs the question, how he, how and why did he get off the course? <laughs> Your boy for $2 says, bring back Maiden Mattis. Oh, boy. They really want it. They really do. It well, was this time last year. You guys only have uh, $1,385 to cover. Yep. 75 75 Yep. I can't do math. That's fair. There's a reason I was a medieval studies major. Wait. No, 65 I can't do math either. 1420. Yeah. So. Oh, right. 1420. Yeah, so, 35. Yep. That would be. That'd be 85. Yeah, 85. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, I was 13 to, 1485. you guys have 1385 to come. My bad. Reed Coles for $5 says donation goal England road trip of spooky sites and missing 401. England? Oh, I'd love to go back to England. It would be very expensive. That's going to need to be like a $5,000. Again, we are, goal we are working on selling a TV show with that as the. The theme, we're just yep. struggling to get it to pitch because we lack resources. Um, so Hence why we have donation goals. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
roast poorly made conspiracy theories. That sounds like a fun Twitch stream idea. That basically is my Twitch. Yeah, that valid. Is, for those of you who don't watch my Twitch streams, uh, they're typically Tuesday and or Thursday and Friday nights from like 5.30 to 8.30. And most of the time what we do is I, I just sit down and I pull up some stupid conspiracy theories and roast the shit out of them. Um, and it's everything from Flat Earth to uh, like Freemason conspiracy theories, just all, all everything. Yeah. Um, my favorite has recently been the Phantom Time Hypothesis and uh, the Tartaria. The what? Conspir oh, okay. So there is a theory going around, um, and it's, it's old. It's been making the rounds for a while, that there used to be a massive global civilization called Tartaria. Oh, you told me about this. And yeah. that it's on maps from the 1800s, and yeah. then suddenly it's not there anymore after like 1850. And it, it couldn't possibly be that that's about the time Russia finished annexing all of Siberia, <laughs> and therefore it just became Russia. No, it couldn't be that. It has to be that there was a giant mud flood, which mud explains flood. why all of the Tartarian infrastructure is buried under mud. Not, you know, that a lot of it is in places like Greece, where they were building stuff... Thousands, of years, thousands of years ago, and it just got covered with dirt over time because of actual floods and mm. rain and it's general erosion, general and... erosion, dust. Yeah, like, <laughs> couldn't be that, you know, volcanic ash, those buddy. kinds of things. Oh, what a good boy! He's so pretty. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out check out the Twitch streams. They're a lot of fun. We do uh, on Friday. We do you sub, I drink. Sacrificing my liver for all of your entertainment. Y'all need to like give the man a break with those. Uh, and then um, we also do. Well, at least you won't get dementia, apparently. Exactly, as we learned earlier, uh, drinking prevents dementia, apparently. Supposedly, um, not short term, but long term. But no, that that is literally my my Twitch content is roasting bad historical takes and whatnot, uh, bad bad eyed uh, theology takes. Like it's it's a fun time. Yep. Um. Tom Thomas Morris for four ninety nine said nothing. Uh, let's see, um, still scrolling through everything. Uh, Stevo for twenty dollars. Thank you, Stevo. Says recently found your guys' channel. Keep up the good work. I found caffeine and then excessive hydration helps with migraines. True, both of those things are helpful for me as well. Um, also, skeptic skepticism helps keep people honest. If you ever see Bigfoot, don't shoot. I agree. It is good to be skeptical about things um, and to not believe them wholesale. Correct. So always try and back up your beliefs. Especially as the resident skeptic on the Lore Lodge, I would fully agree with that. Hi, buddy. He just loves to get as cozy yeah. as possible. I, I'm just focused. I, I'm sure the everyone watching is also focused on Archie at the moment because he's just adorable. Um... There's a lot of hashtag made in Mattis in the chat. Uh, my mom sent something and then it got retracted somehow, so not sure what happened there. Oh, um, she sent the uh, hi, Aid's mom, by the way. Oh, oh she, she says hi, Archie. Yes. Hi, mom. <laughs> like <laughs> she she's showing the trend that Archie is in fact the star yep. of the show. Uh, Joseph for five dollars says didn't think you'd go for the cat maid, so here's more money for your dedication. If, Listen, I've proven it before. I will wear a maid costume yes. for the right sum. Well, this is... And it's just going to be cat ears and, like, whiskers, right? Basically. Maybe a tail? I don't know about the tail. 
Just like pinning the tail on the donkey, it'll be on the okay, main. We belt. can do the tail that way. It's like I don't know what the other way of doing the tail would be, and I'm not I'm not confident. No. Um I mean we were thinking about like doing an archie cam. I'm just not sure how I would set it up. We would need like an actual stream deck and like yeah. everything. Like if if we get to the next level of the lure lodge in which we want to do, uh then yeah, Archie Cam is kind of an idea that we've had that we want to do. The other issue is that he just likes to move a lot. Don't See, he doesn't like to move when I'm not there. Yeah. When I'm not here, he just sleeps on the couch. Yes. So it'd be very easy to set up the Archie Cam with him just on the couch vibing. True. Um Let's see. Uh, Reed Cole says, have you guys seen Rings of Power yet? If so, favorite character. Um, I have nothing nice to say. I've also not even seen it. I haven't either. I just have nothing nice to say about what I've seen so far. I'm also not as invested in Tolkien as you are, so... I think I will probably sit down and try and watch a couple episodes this week so that I can talk about them on Twitch. Um, I have not heard good things from people who are not paid to talk about it. Aha. And I'm not saying that like there are, there are people out there who are paid to talk about it who do criticize it. Like I know uh Don Marshall does a a show every week where he goes over Rings of Power that week and and talks about what it did good, what it did bad, what he liked, what he didn't like. Yeah. Um and he's very fair, but everyone I know who is just casually watching it hates it. Um Every I should say every Tolkien fan I know who casually watches it hates it. Yep. So I don't know. I I'm gonna take a look for myself this week and decide what I think. Um, I heard that the most recent episode was actually really good, but I also saw a uh, clip of Galadriel going sideways on a horse and then cutting an orc in half with a sword. And I'm just. And somebody else, somebody also pointed out that Galadriel is supposed to be six feet four inches tall, mm-hmm. um, and in the show she's clearly like five four. Aha! Which here's the thing, like, yeah, is, is it difficult to make a show where the main character is a six foot four inch tall woman? Yeah, is there a very obvious actress that could have been casted who played Brienne in Game of Thrones? Yes, did they cast her? No. Um, and then, of course, there's the question, well, all right, well, even, you know, that what about, like, you know, trick cinematography? What about forced perspective and things like that? You mean like they did in the... You, you mean like they did in 2000? Yeah. No, that would be way too hard to do. It's it's not like, you know, I'm going to look it up really quick. Uh, what was the... Can you look up what the budget is for Rings of Power? Yep. For Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, all three Lord of the Rings movies had a budget of about $94 million. So, that's just under $300 million for the whole series. What's Rings of Power? What is it? Just the first season is $462 million. So, all three Lord of the Rings movies put together had a lower budget than the first season of the Rings of Power, and they couldn't get Galadriel's height right. And apparently they already have another season planned, so they're investing, like, a billion into this. It's ridiculous. A billion dollars into a show. Here's the thing. Here's here's the problem I have with it. It's not trying to be faithful to Tolkien. It's not trying to be for Tolkien fans. It's trying to be, like... 
network TV. Yeah. And I just, you know, when it comes to something, something like, like Lord of the Rings, I just, I would be just as upset if they did it with uh, Chronicles of Narnia, if mm-hmm. they did it with Journey to the Center of the Earth, if they did it with, um, you know, really any any classic series. Like, just stick to the source material. Yeah. Or make it very clear that what you're doing is a different take. Like, uh, what was that 90s Romeo and Juliet movie? Oh, the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Like, that was very obviously Romeo and Juliet, but it also was very obviously, like, a different take on Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I never saw it, but, like, so supposedly... If, yeah. if you're going to do a Lord of the Rings where you're going to set it in a version of Middle-Earth that's based off of feudal China, mm-hmm. go for it. But don't be like, this is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This is a love letter to Tolkien. Like, no, no, don't do that. But, like I said, I haven't actually watched the show yet. I've only seen clips. I'm not happy with them, but I will watch a few episodes this week to try and, uh, you know, form a more coherent opinion on it that is based on my actual thoughts rather than just, like, you know, what I've seen on the internet so far. Fair. Uh, Thomas Morris for $10 said, I love watching this every Sunday. Please do an OnlyFans with a stereotypical Wendigo head. Oh, my God. That's incredible. We could find a deer skull and, like, yeah. use it for the calendar. Yeah, we could. <laughs> uh, my mom says, hi, Aiden's, for $20. Thank you, hi. Mom. I love you. Also, it's not like we we know someone who's, like, really good with prop making. That, nah, like, you nah, know, we don't have anybody who can help us like that. do that. that or at least, like, know where to steer us in the right direction if their schedule is overwhelmingly busy. Insanity. Utter crazy. Just I don't know what you're talking horrendous about. horrendous scheduling, not their fault. Um, let's see. Uh, the Nerf Ninja for TLR says, hello, everyone. Hello, Nerf Ninja. Um, apparently, Wendigoon and I have to do a Bionicle lore video. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was something that was asked for. Oh, yeah. Uh, your boy says, any cryptids in Colorado? I uh, there's a there's there's something in every state of the yeah. country. Uh Colorado does fit in with um both the description of where you would find a Wendigo as well as possibly the description of where you would find a skinwalker. Um culturally, it's a little bit out, outside of the the Dene region, but um it's not far enough outside of it that it would be impossible. Yep. Um the Rockies also have their own share of really weird stories. Um, yep. Oh, so I, I can just insert ads in the middle of the stream. That's wild. Uh, but I have no idea how it affects the stream, so I'm not going to hit that button. <laughs> um, but we are we are working on doing uh, a cryptid from every state. So currently we've got the Skunk Ape one done, yep. and I'm working on getting the research done for the next set of those. Um, let's see what do we have. Nathaniel McCoy for $5 says, Do they still give out swords to high-ranking Freemason members? My grandpa has one that was given to my great-great-uncle. Um, they're not given. We buy them. Um, you're, but, I uh, yeah, typically, um, the high ranking is an iffy term, but yes, when you get to the point where you're, uh, you know, Order of Malta, you're entitled to have a sword. Mm. You are not given a sword. Uh, Becca actually procured a Knights of Malta sword for me. It's, it's in the other room. very cool. Do you want to go get it? Um, yeah. If you want to. Yeah, I'll do that. No. I just figured he might as well show it off because sure, it's sure. really cool and it also could be informative in relation to, you know, a little bit more about Freemasonry. I'm not a part of it, uh, but I've learned what is allowed to be learned by civilians uh, from Aiden. It seems like an interesting organization. Uh, it seems like a good way to meet people who are interested in discussing, you know, different educational or theoretical topics or, and uh, 
I can't remember if these if they're allowed to discuss religion or not. Do you guys is there like any limitations on the discussion of religion or anything like that? Yeah, it's religion in the lodge. In the lodge, okay, that's what I thought. You discussed it over dinner. <laughs> that's but no, I just I yeah, knew there were some limitations. Like so, what? Uh, first, here's the sword. Um, obviously, it's ceremonial. It's decorative. It's not a functional sword. Um, get that guy out of there. Yep. So here's what it looks like. Very clearly 18th century influence. Like, this is not, you know, the kind of sword that an actual knight of the Order of St. John would have carried. But it's very cool. It's very light. Somebody apparently tried to do some sparring practice with it. It's got some chips in it. Mm. Um, and it just wasn't made for that. I mean, this is very clearly a cast, not a forged. Yep. But it's pretty cool, huh? I feel how light it is. Oh, well, yeah. It's only a couple pounds, if that. Well, I mean, swords generally were a lot lighter than people tend yeah. to understand, but... yeah, I, I mean, think my replica Viking longsword that I have in my room is, like, five pounds. That's... That's, like, heavier than it should be. Yeah. Come on. I love that sound. It's a satisfying sound, yeah. Wooden scabbards have a really cool sound, too. They do. But I also want to show off uh, one of our followers sent me, and I'm working on getting a uh, actual promo video put together for it, but one of our followers sent me a skateboard deck that I have to get the tape done for. Um, and if I can just get this guy squared away. There we go. That over there. But he's actually selling these. Um, he's making them. He's got a website for them. We will be coming out with a couple of videos on TikTok, as well as a segment in here where I'm going to be promoting this. But this is just really cool, isn't it? I think it's like, wait. So he's doing a whole series of monster-themed boards. Uh, this one is obviously, um, well, the pop culture version of the Wendigo. Yeah. But, yeah, so I will have the website. I'll probably link in the description to this. Um, might as well, you know, yeah. Once, once he and I have all that figured out. But... I have to get, I have to take it over to uh, Vance and get it taped up and trucked up. Yep. And then I will actually bother to start skateboarding again, probably. Fair enough. We should ride the boards around yeah. more often. Um, all right. Is this chat not a swole chat? <laughs> um. You want to come up? Come on up. You want pets? You gotta come up here. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> all right, Frodo Bagson. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Um, <clears throat> how much would it take for you to destroy the Exorcist house? You can invite the homies and anyone in chat nearby. You can bring tools. We're not destroying the house. That'll be wrong. <laughs> um. <laughs> see your boy for two dollars says how to become a freemason um the easiest way to do it is to find a local lodge and call them email them just reach out and say hey i'm interested in joining mm. they'll set up a time for you to come talk to a couple of brothers and uh from there they'll kind of guide you into the process and tell you what you need to do it varies by jurisdiction so it's not always the exact same process but the first step is contact the lodge mm. um they'll usually have uh, their 
their website and email address and all that. You can also go to the Grand Lodge for your state's website and ask and, and find it that way. Or you can go to bmason.org and that will help you find a lodge as well. <clears throat> and yes, Becca, thank you for procuring the sword for me. Uh, see, um, the Lost Legion for 20 says, are you still doing Masonic Mondays? As a third generation Mason, I always get a kick out of their evidence. We have a hard time organizing a barbecue. It's true. And they want, they assume we want to rule the world with malice. Uh, currently not doing Masonic Monday purely because I have class on Monday nights. So, um, I had to put a freeze to that. Um, and I've just started doing my conspiracy theory streams, um, as a more general thing, yeah, but I fun. do address the I do address the Freemason stuff um, in in a lot of those streams. So feel free to come hang out in those, and I will make an effort to make sure there's always some masonry. Mm. Uh, I love when people are like they they see the the checkered background in the videos, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's the Masonic checkered background! It represents something." And I'm like, "No, this represents that we were too poor to cover the entire walls." And figured some sound paneling was better than no sound paneling, and the best way to make it aesthetically pleasing was a checkerboard. <laughs> yep, and it turns out that uh, some sound paneling is absolutely better than no oh sound God. paneling. It is so much quieter in here. This room was so echoey when he first moved in here. Oh my God. Yeah, it's gotten considerably better. Oh wow. Yeah. No. It, like absolutely. this is this room. When you walk into this room, you can feel the sound dampen. Yeah. It's it's very fun. Um, Cakes for Five says, just going to donate before I watch the rest tomorrow at work, but I'd really like a vampire lore video. All right, I can do vampire. Can get, uh, well, we'll have to do, that'll be a long one, because we'll probably address, like, the variants of vampires. Yeah, that's smart. But that'll be a fun one. Yeah, we can do a vampire video. Um, you want that? You come up here. I, I know that, that the house is bad juju, but at the same time... Arson is a punishable felony. And I would what? prefer they, they want us to destroy the exorcist house. Oh, right, yes. Um, so I, I have no interest personally in being uh, convicted of arson. No, I'd rather not. So that is my answer to that. <laughs> Donation goal, go to the Marble Hornet sites. Again, that's something where it's just we don't have the money to. Yeah. Um, you know, if we get to a point, here's the thing: if we get to a point where you guys are consistently hitting those thousand dollar donation goals, we'll we'll start like upping it to other stuff so that we can actually keep, so that we can go do stuff. Yeah. Um, and a big part of that is just the number of viewers. You know, if like we brought in what is it, hundred and fifty tonight so far? Yeah, it was around the peak. Yeah. Yeah. If we if we can get you know, hundred and fifty bucks for hundred and fifty viewers, if we can double that to 300 viewers, you know, share the show with your friends. That's that's how we grow. Yep. So if you guys do that, then we will absolutely be able to do more fun stuff. Um, we would love to be at a point where this is our our full-time everything. And we're just going around seeing spooky stuff and making videos and hopefully bringing on more content creators to mm. make stuff for the channel. So um, destroy it morally. Well, if you're talking about an exorcism, that's an entirely different option. <laughs> I don't think we're authorized to do that. Um no, but we could find somebody who is. True. Uh, arson would make a great donation goal. Oh, my God. Do it for the vine. <laughs> arson. What's the bail for arson in Pennsylvania? <laughs> That'll be the donation goal. Um, 
Pumpkin Bear, you're coming up with a lot of things we'd love to do, but have absolutely no way of making it happen. <laughs> um, we power scale the demon with the power of God. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, what spooky place would you never visit? Also, are you guys going to watch Werewolf by Night? I should watch Werewolf by Night. Um, the spooky place would I never visit. I mean, the, honestly, the Exorcist house is kind of on the list. I don't want to go anywhere near that shit. I don't understand why anybody would. No idea. Um, there's that one house from the haunting in Connecticut that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, I mean, the, uh, honestly, I I am a very white person. I will go most spooky places. <laughs> what a great reason. Uh, what? Um, I would try the Hitman games. Those could be fun on stream. Lore Lodge pre-workout. Make it taste like our pineapple and chicken pizza. Oh. <laughs> oh, why would you put it at it? The hell was that? He just slammed his head on the thing. I, what are you He's doing? so dumb. Why were you, like, squirming under the table? You're so excited. You're wagging your tail. What do you want? I haven't been watching a ton of new stuff, honestly. it's Most of what I've been watching lately has been House of the Dragon and Andor. If anybody's been watching House of the Dragon, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's so good. That's cool. What? Um, I think he needs to go. That could be it, but... What? Archie, come here. Come here. There we go. One of the donation goals should be releasing a Lore Lodge workout plan. I mean, I have one. We could do an aerobics video. Lore Lodge Robot. I literally have that tab open of like the lifting plan that I have for starting again. That'll be that'll be the thousand dollar goal for October. Starting we'll, again this week. We'll do an 80s style Lore Lodge Aerobics video. Oh yeah. That's alright, that's a thousand. <laughs> Lore wait, Lodge wait, wait, Aerobics. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Do we want that to be a thousand? Because we have a thousand. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have the fourteen twenty one. Yep. Yeah, so if you guys can raise a thousand, we will do an 80s style uh Lore Lodge Aerobics class. <laughs> Like the... Oh yeah, with the leotards, <laughs> with the unitards and everything. Like, I'm game. For we will that. get, we will get the get hair, the, yeah, the hair, the wigs, and like, the, like and the bun things or whatever. What, the, the scrunchies. It'll be set to like something by Poison. Yeah. Or uh, no, no, no. If it's gonna be like the leotards and stuff, it's gotta mm. be like I don't know, like not Celine Dion. Uh, Blondie. Yeah, Blondie or no, what? Uh, Cindy Lauper. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. All right. That's the thousand dollar goal. Um, we'll we'll work out the other two. <laughs> Good God. Calm down, buddy. And Calm down. five, six. <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> I love him. The poor boy. You guys want you before we uh, before we go? Should we make him howl? You want you want to do the woo? Let's do the woo. <clears throat> you gotta do it with me and make him do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Well done. Look at that. Well done. What a guy. 
What a man. He's such a bull. He's a good puppy. He's a great one. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching tonight. We're going to have a very focused, condensed version of what we talked about tonight on the, uh, on the, um, words, words are kind of hard. Friday video? Yes, exactly. Uh, that will just go through the story straight away with no, oh my God, Archie just torpedoed himself into Aiden. So, so that'll be coming up on Friday. Um, check in with me on Twitch, HTTPS, twitch.tv slash the Aiden Mattis on Thursday and Friday nights for the live show over there. Um, we do, you know, conspiracy theories. We do all sorts of, you know, funky stuff. And then a lot of the time I play Phasmophobia with some of my friends and I get very scared. Uh, so, that was fun when we did that. Yeah, what was that, like three weeks ago now? Uh, yeah, we can, do that. we can do that again soon. We can do that whenever. Sure. Um, so yeah, that is that. Make sure to check out our coffee from Tableau Roasting Co. Uh, Mount Pocono Perk. Mount Pocono Perk. And if you want to help us out, sub to us on Patreon. That gives us a consistent income that we can rely on and we can use that to start planning bigger and better trips and whatnot you have uh, no idea how much it helps and you have no idea how many things we still want to do we just can't yet yeah yeah those even that one dollar if everybody who watched this show um like in terms of the actual view count by the yeah. end of the month if everybody who watched this show donated one dollar a month, uh, we would have more money than we know what to do with. Um, I want to bring you guys videos in 4K. <laughs> I want it. I want to do that so bad. But the camera and lens are so expensive. Yeah. Also, Spoon says we need another History Daddy appearance. We can make that happen very soon. Um, that could happen next weekend if he wants to. <laughs> it's really whether or not... Uh, well, I would hope that he would want to come back. Yeah, probably. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Remember, fourteen twenty dollars. Uh, I will wear a maid outfit and cat ears. Twitch streams for a Twitch stream. Yeah. So, one thousands, Lord Lodge eighties aerobics. That that can that's be fun. gonna be a fun one. That and then we'll we'll have the uh, the plan for the other three tiers uh, by next week. So, thank you guys so much, and we will see you on the next one.